What's up, everybody? Welcome into Living Off the Land. This is episode 261. I'm Dan, here with Steven, like always, and a uh, special guest back on the podcast, former co-host Ryan Donathan. Ryan, how are we? How are we doing, everybody? Thanks for having me back. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, this is going to be a little bit of a common theme throughout the summer as uh, Ryan has wrapped up his uh, his school year. So we're going to hope to have Ryan on a few times throughout the summer and... Uh, we are uh, getting it going tonight, and Ryan brought the beer this week. And you want to tell us a little bit about what it is? <laughs> yeah, if it doesn't kill me first. <laughs> I'm trying to quietly cough over here. Apologize to everybody's eardrums, but I'm sorry. Uh, Fathead's Brewery, Lime Feeling Good, Mexican-style lager. It just seems to be the right style of beer for the summer. I don't know what it is. I've been drinking Coronas and other local Mexican lagers just like crazy lately. It's just I think I'm – I'm just so geeked about it finally being summer. I know. Um, I don't know if it's just that the weather was particularly crappy or the fact that uh, as a high school teacher, I just wanted to desperately, desperately <laughs> get away from my students or all of the above. I don't know. But it's been it's been Mexican lager season for sure. Um, I, I, we talked about it. Uh, I almost said pregame, pre, <laughs> pre-episode. We're pre-gaming, I, I, folks. I, hey, man. Get, <laughs> let's get wild. It's on a the Wednesday. summer. Um, I am slowly starting to lose – uh, my grasp of time, by the way. I will say that. I need to get back on a routine. I don't know if any other teachers out there uh, can relate. This is my first uh, teacher summer not coaching a fall sport, so I am absolutely uh, losing all sense of time, and I need to get on a rut- routine ASAP. Uh, but nobody cares about that beer. Uh, it's good. I like this. I, I had not had this before. I know we talked about it. I think you guys have. Um, yeah, we have had it on the podcast before. Uh yeah, I like it too. It's very lime forward. Yeah, it's um, almost it's like less of the beer and more of the the lime. Yeah, and uh, it, it is it is called on the top of the can the mighty lime cerveza. It really is, it and is. the lime is mighty. Yeah, it's good though. It's good. I uh, Steve, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you don't want to know what I think. <clears throat> that's that's right. Uh, back to you. Um, Pulled it, pulled it up on uh, Beer Advocate. Gets a score of 87, which is very good. Yeah. Uh, it is the 48-ranked American lager, which I don't understand why it's called an American lager. Uh, yeah. It's a Mexican lager. And that also feels very highly ranked. Mexican-style lager. Uh, average score of 3.9. Okay. Uh, let's see. The the beer is described as a light lightly hopped lager. Sorry. I... I you're talking about being on a summer schedule, and I can't read. So <laughs> this lightly hopped lager is a real easy drinker, fermented with a Mexican-style lager yeast for authenticity. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what a uh, Mexican-style yeast tastes like. All I'm getting is lime. It's very lime. Yep. Very lime forward. Uh, that doesn't mean it's bad. I think it's good. Um, this is fairly new too. I think. I think last year is when they first came out with this. Yeah, Fathead has not had a Mexican style lager um, for a long time, but uh, but I think they did a good job with this one. Yeah. Have you had um, Brew Kettle? Just came out with one. No, I haven't had that uh, one. That one I, I liked. I did that. Uh, I had that a little while ago, and um, it was something like 
like Los Colores or something, like the colors <laughs> or something. It was like the can art was awesome. I was yeah. a giant eagle, and I was like, "Yep, I'm doing it." <laughs> and uh, I like that one. Um, this uh, this one's got Fathead as a uh, you know how you were talking about the announcer as a <laughs> yeah the it's a Mexican luchador yeah it's the luchador mask on the Fathead guy squeezing a couple <laughs> lines which is actually <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't hey I I've always you know I I've historically not liked the Fathead logo but I gotta admit yeah. they're the the way they dress them up on all the different can art is actually right. slowly growing on me. All the themes, yeah. Um, I don't know what I would rate this. I would, I guess I'm going to go out of order. I would get it again. I don't yep. need it, but I would get it again. I wonder how it tastes on draft. That you read my mind. I feel like if I was out on a patio somewhere, yep. I'd be way more inclined to have this than go out of my way to buy it. Yeah. Um, in in terms of in cans, but it's good. I would call it like a. I'm going to give it – this is going to sound low, but I don't mean it as a disrespect. Remember, say he like is a, the Russian judge. I am the Russian judge. I'd say like a 6-8. Okay. Yeah. Mm, it's yeah, up but, there, but it's not like – I thought you were going to go with an excellent 6-9. Yeah. You know, I thought about it. Ew. I really did. I really did. Ew. Excellent, I, right, Steve? Excellent. I have to go so far out of my way to make sure that any math problems I'm giving my students <laughs> don't end up with an answer of 69 <laughs> or 6.9. Or 420 or 4.2 or <laughs> literally, I do more work avoiding stupid numbers than I do than you think I would do. It's, oh, yeah. It is, it is so dumb. It is, and I, of course, I always mess it up. It happens every once in a while. Oh man! But you know that's so it. 6.8. Okay, 6.8 strong, strong sixes. My personal favorite is two pi. Yeah, which you know could be pronounced as two p. Or not 2P, that is the question. There we go. I'm going to have to remember that. Dynamite drop, I'm gonna Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely going to have to remember that. Uh, I'm going to go 7-1. Okay. Yeah, I think I love Mexican-style beers. Um, I think for me, this has a little bit too much liminess. Yeah, I get it. Like I wouldn't even want to put a lime. Like like if I had this on draft, I wouldn't even want a lime. You so don't I need any more. Yeah. yeah, it's like this doesn't taste like you took a Mexican. Which I guess style could be beer. a good thing, but yeah. I, it's just like the experience of like having like a lime in my beer. Like I don't know, it it there's nothing wrong with it. Like anything I rate in the sevens, like I like. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It's, but, not, it's just not like a, I love it. Yeah, yeah. It it is good. Uh, it's a good choice. There you go. Uh, I would drink it again, like you said. Uh, so I'm gonna go seven one. On I it. do. I'm with you. I want to try it on draft. Yeah, I have to go. I'm gonna have to go do that. Yeah, for sure. All right. So that's what me and Ryan are gonna be drinking on during this episode. And yep. uh, let's uh, let's throw it over to Steve for uh, Better Known Neighborhood. Yeah. So we are in summer theme tonight, and uh, I mean technically it's not summer yet, but it will be in a few days. <laughs> uh, we do it with the beer and with uh, our neighborhood tonight. This is almost like less of a neighborhood and more of like. A place where people go to get away, let's just say. In fact, mm. this place is the canoe capital of Ohio. Wait, what? The canoe capital of Ohio is Interesting. what this place is called. Do you, either of you know where I'm talking about? Do, what, you could give me 50 guesses, and I wouldn't guess. Okay. Uh, Barberton. Barberton. <laughs> you know, actually, it's funny you mentioned the place <laughs> in the Akron area because this is episode 261. I typically, if there's like an Ohio State route, of the uh, episode that uh, we do, I usually name a city that's on that route. That would be Sharon Copley Road, which would actually be up in the Akron area, out, out toward Medina. But I strayed away from that 
going with the summer theme, and tonight we're going on a little bit of a one-tank trip down to the southern tip of Ashland County. Just a tip. <laughs> Pretty much, if you look at it literally on the map, um, right up against the edge of Holmes County. I'm talking about the town of Loudonville. Oh, yeah. That was my next guess. Loudonville is a village. <laughs> it has a population of about 2,800 per the 2020 census. And it's just a quaint little town. There's really not a whole lot to it, to be honest. I mean, you've got, like, the, one interesting fact is that the city hall is actually in the same building with their community theater, which was built in 1909 and actually Jeez. almost closed almost the year that it, you know, came around. But as myth and folklore has it, a group of three teens from Loudonville High School actually did a show there and raised $4,000, which is like a, a gigantic sum for yeah, 1910. Four grand in the you early know, 1900s. That could be, is, that'd be like 400000 now. It had to like, be something absurd. You know, to save it and pretty much every other building on Main Street at the time. So, <laughs> um, I mean, that's definitely notable. And then one other thing I wanted to mention was that there are two houses that were built in the 1850s uh, that were like Scottish uh, black thatch style houses that were both uh, stops on the Underground Railroad. I mentioned this because Juneteenth, the uh, anniversary of the Emancipation Proclamation, actually comes up on Monday. Uh, that was the Philip J. Black House and the T.J. and Sarah Bull House, which are not, well, I mean, when I say not far from downtown, I pretty much mean half a block away. Uh, we were talking about a very small area here. But I would be amiss not to get to the main event here, and that's actually not in the town of Loudonville proper. That lays just to the southwest of Loudonville itself, and that is the Mohican State Park. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, that makes sense uh, now. Uh, uh, light bulb going on yep, now. Ding, ding. Like, why is he talking about this? I, I do numbers, man, not geography. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, Mohican State Park is a very large state park, actually state park and state forest that covers – an area of, I just lost the number, it's something crazy like 10,000 acres in the very southern end of Ashland County. And the Mohican River actually flows for about 40 miles, uh, a large majority of it meandering through this park area. You have all sorts of canoe libraries, rafting, kayaking, just uh, and you've got lodges, you've got camping areas, all pretty much all along Ohio State Route 3. And then if, as you go... A little bit to the west of there, kind of like back into the hills. Uh, they're just everywhere, pretty much. And this is the beginning of the, the main camping season, really now, and going all the way through probably like end of September. Actually, maybe even a little bit into October, too. You know, you get into that sort of like fall hayride bonfire type yeah. season as you get to late September and early October. Um, so this is really bread and butter time to get down there. And, and again, the... It's not a very touristy area, to be honest. It, I mean, it is, but it isn't. It's something that, like, the natural part of it, the rivers, the lakes, the streams, the hiking trails, really are the main event. You're, you're not seeing a whole lot of, you know, touristy stuff on the side and fancy restaurants and stuff like that to, to keep things going. You know, the, the very length of trips that if you were to go canoeing, and that seems to be the number one activity there, there are trips that you can go down of three, seven... 11, 15, and 23 miles down the Mohican River. And I actually got to do this a couple years ago uh, 
we went on an 11 mile trek and it took us about eh, about two two and a half hours to do okay. uh, the Mohegan River is not very deep it in fact right now actually it's probably almost to the point where you can almost wash up on the rocks like in the middle of the stream yeah. granted we just got a lot of rain the last couple of days so it might be replenishing a little bit now thankfully i mean that would have been a real buzzkill if we just would have not gotten any rain and then the whole thing would yeah. have dried up I mean, that, that would really suck. Uh, yeah i have been there and it's not awesome carrying your canoes but uh, yeah canoes kayaking is very popular there tubing is very popular there that doesn't require any effort at all you just let the river just push you down pretty much uh, there's not a lot of rapids on the river. It's pretty calm for the most part, unless if you go like right after a really heavy rain or a, a season where we just got, you know, five, six, seven inches of rain in a week. You know, then it might be a little bit. You know, you might have to worry about the, I, uh, you know, the river going in a certain way. But uh, for the most part, right now, it's it's like perfect. Um, the hiking trails there are over sixty miles worth of hiking trails within the Mohegan State Park. It's an area, you've got some areas that are more flat. You have some areas that are a lot more hilly and undulating. Um, really, it's a, if you're a beginner or if you're more of an expert, uh, you, um, you would definitely uh, be able to spend a day or at least half a day out there and, and be fine. Um, some of the more interesting natural attractions in there, there are two big waterfalls, Big Lions Falls and Little Lions Falls. These Big Lions Falls is an 80-foot tall waterfall on uh, a tributary of the Mohegan River, and it cascades over a recessed cave, oddly enough, which is actually pretty neat. I don't know if you can actually go behind the falls or not. Um, I didn't actually see this place the last time I was at Mohegan, but uh, if anybody who's been there, um, I don't know, tweet at us, see if you can actually do that That'd or not. Cool. Um and then the Little Lions Falls is, is kind of right next to it. It's a 25-foot tumbling waterfall through through a uh, rocky gorge, which is actually pretty cool, too. Um, the river goes down toward Pleasant Hill Dam, which is just a little... I, mean, I don't even know if you would call it a dam. It's more like what used to be in Strongsville on the Rocky River. They called that a dam, but it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was only like five feet high. Right. Uh, the Cleveland Metro Parks actually took that thing out a few years ago. Um if you know what I'm talking about there. Yeah, right there in uh, Barney right. Park, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the Pleasant Hill Trail <coughs> and the Hemlock Gorge Trail are considered to be two of the better trails on the park. One of them is 7.5 miles, and the other one is close to 10 miles in length. But uh, both have convenient turnaround points as well. Really, there's just uh, it, it's a place to go to just kind of get away from it all, mm-hmm. really, and... I was just telling Ryan before I got on the show, I'm just knee-deep, actually more like hip-deep in work where it seems (laughs) like almost all the contracts I'm working on are like June 30th due date. So once we get beyond June 30th, I'm going to want to take a little side trip like this. (laughs) (laughs) I can say that because we we often go to New Jersey in July. That's not till August this year. So, you know, maybe that's something that Ryan and Scarlett and I will do. We'll just take a weekend and go someplace like Mohegan. I I don't know. And there's a lot of great state parks in Ohio. Uh, we haven't really talked a whole lot of them on this podcast, but Mohican is one of the, the closer ones to get to from Cleveland. It's only about an hour and 15 minutes away from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in the southern suburbs, if, especially if you're down in uh, Summit or Medina County, it's a lot closer to, to you. So you get there in less than an hour. So uh, awesome. definitely worth checking out. But uh, that's Loudonville, and that is Mohican State Park, and you can wham! with the right hand. (laughs) 
You like our little Joe Tate uh, I do like tribute that. there? I do like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that is Beer of the Week, and that is Better Know a Neighborhood. Uh, why don't we just jump right in and talk about the week that was with uh, the Guardians? Dare I say... The Gardos. The Bats are awake. Well, yes. Sort of. Mostly. Ish. Yeah, they are. They're just not comatose. <laughs> Like they were. Ooh, boy, the has Russian everybody missed has my struck. super sunny optimism about the <sighs> Guardians? Oh, man. <laughs> it's so great. No, they have been hitting. Ten minutes back on the podcast, yeah. and he's already. These depressed. assholes don't swing bats. <laughs> no, they're, they are definitely hitting much, much better, as much as I want to give them crap. Uh, they've been. they've been. It's been encouraging, to say the least. Um, the way we started the season, it felt like it was where we were destined for a fire sale because. Yeah. Seemed like every time I turned around, it's who are we going to trade Bieber to and for what? I'll asset. tell you what's not great hmm. is betting NRFIs with the Guardians <laughs> because I can't do the Nerfies. Oh, I'm it's like obsessed str- with them. It stresses me out. I literally just put put one in I for the that. Guardians. Every once in a while, I'll get like a uh, we're in a. It's content. A, yeah. it, we're going to get live live reaction yeah, to me. Absolutely. We're either going to cash the ticket <laughs> or I'm going to mf them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, yeah. I get the notifications in our DraftKings group about uh, like oh, it's I'm like uh, it's like oh yeah like Dan did like another uh, NRFI or whatever for yeah. I'm like oh who are we betting on today and every once in a while, if I get the notification early enough sometimes I tail them but yeah I've been kind of on a self imposed hiatus uh, lately I've been losing a lot of money it's been hot and cold uh, like three weeks ago I lost like almost every NRFI bet uh, and then two weeks ago I won almost every one right. and I've been off and on um, yeah. since so. We're going to get our reaction because the Guardians, uh, well, I mean, by the time you guys listen, are listening to this, this game's already happened. So, yeah. But for us, in live time, the Guardians' uh, first pitch is in three minutes. So We lost yeah. uh, Padres, right? We lost last night, correct? Yep, I bet yeah. it last night. And uh, uh, Tanner Bybee gave up a four spot in the first inning. Sweet, so, sweet. Is that yeah. how you say it? Bybee? Bybee. Oh. How have you been saying it? Bibby. <laughs> that's well. I think that's how I said it until I actually like. Until you heard like a broadcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Bybee. Yeah. Bieber but, and uh, Bybee. But anyway, uh, Guardians got a big uh, series win against the uh, the Cheaters. Yeah, <laughs> uh, over the weekend. Shout out to uh, Jordan Gonzalez, former uh, co-host. Yes, uh, uh, banging I, on a trash can. That, Friday night's game might have been the most entertaining of the entire season. It was not only high scoring, but it went right down to the wire. Yeah, uh, was that the, the fourteen winning. innings? Yeah, or, dude. Or okay, I cannot stand the automatic runner on second the base. The ghost runner. I and hate I, it. And I, I hate it. Like that that game like they they put they put that rule in effect to effectively shorten long uh yeah. extra inning games. That was the reason why that that game went to 14 innings. Each team kept scoring one run in extra innings yeah. and it was the run that was the runner that was on second kept scoring. Yep. It became a baseball version of penalty kicks. Pretty much. Yeah. It's yeah, essentially. <laughs> Yeah, Not I don't. A bad way of looking at it. I. It, yeah. I mean, it was it was exciting. I mean, I. I couldn't watch the game because, ooh, almost yeah. dropped an F bomb. Bally yeah. Sports <laughs> being a bunch of friggin' a holes and not letting me stream the damn thing. Um, so I was keeping track of it on my phone. Uh, yeah, and then even Saturday's game was exciting. Uh, we lost six to four, but uh, we had a chance to win it in the bottom of the ninth. It just didn't come through, and then uh, we shut their asses out on Sunday. So. 
Five yeah, nil. Five nothing. Yeah, you know, I, we took all the metal trash cans out of the stadium before <laughs> before these three games, so you can't really hear you can't really hear it if you're banging on a rubber trash can. That was uh, in, or a plastic trash can. That was a big series win, and just in terms of because we've we've been we've been starting to win series. Yeah, you know, that, we went that's on that. All you got to do. Yeah, we went on that May swoon. Yep, and the the end of the very tail end of May, and now into now we're in the middle of June. Uh, we've been winning series. The Guardians have not lost a series since May 24th when they lost two or three to the White Sox. Thank you. Point me. Which yeah. is bananas because it feels like we've been terrible. Yeah. They have not swept a series over the We're not sweeping, but we're, but we're back to winning two out of three, which it's, which I tell you what, it's good enough, of, man. Two the out Guardians. of three St. Louis, two out of three Baltimore, split four with Minnesota, two out of three Boston, two out of three Houston. You do that the rest of the year, you're going to win the division. Yes. Yes. So, that is that is a fact. Yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, there's obviously there's going to be times where, uh, you know, you're gonna there's going to be times in the season where we get swept by somebody, and I'm sure we're going. I'm sure at some point we're going to sweep somebody. Yep. You know, we got to be playing the A's at home at some point soon, or you know, the Tigers or something like that. You mean it's funny the, you the mentioned Vegas Athletics. Funny you mentioned playing yeah. the A's at home. That actually comes up June 20th through 22nd. You know. Right you know it's. They are actually playing really well right now. They are. <laughs> they are flirting. They are flirting with not setting the record for most losses in an MLB season. Hmm. Which I can't remember what that number is. Brad Pitt would be disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> Why Moneyball? I, yeah, oh. I saw the. Uh, I saw a clip from a recent game where the fans were all che- uh, doing a sell the team chant. They are, they got so. They actually put 30,000 people into that stadium for a game. I think it was last yeah. night. And, yeah, they were all wearing Kelly Green shirts that said, sell the team, and they started chanting, sell the team during the game. <laughs> Which I will say, I'm f- like, I'm totally for, like, voice your displeasure. That's got to suck for one of the, for those players on that field. Oh, yeah. Like, I know they're not chanting it at, at, like, if I was one of the players, I know they're not chanting it at me, but... The reason why that they're chanting that is because we suck. So it's like yeah. they're not chanting it at us, but the reason they're chanting is because we are on pace to set the record for the most losses in MLB history, and the team's about to move in a couple years. Yeah. that's That's got to be weird. Yeah. it's I cannot imagine being a professional athlete. Just... What's interesting, too, is – well, I guess it it, it kind of did happen with the Browns. When 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 it happened with the Browns, it it was like more like, and again, this was in 1995, so I was eight. So it's, you know, it's not like I remember this, but it, the way that it's been covered since then is is kind of like, you know, Art Modell is like a thief in the night, like he kind of moved the team overnight, but they still played the rest of that season out. Yeah. So I feel like which would be weird. Probably more so our parents, obviously. But we've lived through that, you know. Yeah. With the Browns, if memory serves, the Brown didn't the Browns start like five and one, three and in one, nineteen ninety five. Yeah, three and, and then, one. It was announced during the fifth game of the season. It was announced and they finished like week five, and ten. Yeah, or something like that. Five and eleven, I think. Five and eleven. Yeah. Yeah. But that wasn't, for, despite the record, that wasn't actually a bad team. No, because the year before that, they went eleven and five and won a playoff game. Right, and then the team that became Baltimore that had. It not in, was not the Browns two point uh, but that had a lot of Browns carryover. Yep, in two thousand won the damn Super Bowl. Yeah, did, did the Matt thing. Stover remember that name? Yeah, kicker. He oh, won yeah. a Super Bowl with yeah. the Ravens. You know what's the sickest thing about that was that first season, all of their gear 
like their um like pads uh, and stuff. Their um like the equipment like trunks and like all that stuff still Browns logoed. I believe it. In Baltimore. I believe it. I mean, you can you can actually look it up and you can see like on their sidelines it's it's still like the Browns like logoed like stuff. Awkward. Yep. Yeah. So but uh, speaking of Browns logos, want to segue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What woof. else we got to say about the Gardos? Woof, woof. Uh, uh, well, the Guardians so are thirty-one and thirty-five on the season. Yeah. Two, they, only two and a half games out. Okay. Three entering tonight. I don't know oh, if the Twins t- played this afternoon Minnesota or one. whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah Minnesota thirty-five and thirty-three. To hold up that two and a half sign. The, <laughs> <laughs> you know how you know how uh, in at wrestling shows there will be a fan that brings a two sign. There's always got to be somebody well, with a two sign. On Dynamite row. tonight, there was some somebody had a two point five sign mm. instead of two. <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah, that was great. Anyway, carry on. Sorry. But uh, yeah, Chicago is ten games under five hundred. Detroit twelve LOL. games under, and then the Royals. Well, the Royals are actually tied for worst in the American League now with the aforementioned Athletics, who are yeah. actually starting to win some games. So how about the White Sox? Though I My love God. it. Oh, are they? Dog crap. They're another team. They're another team where their fans want the owner to sell the team. It makes me so happy watching the White Sox suck. I like, hate the White Sox. I think I think even more than the Twins and the Tigers. I think in the within the division, I think I hate the White Sox the most. Listen, yeah, I've always too. I've always been a, a guy that doesn't like when a team's so teams usually have two colors and then they'll have like a like an alternate third or whatever. I've never been a fan of a team that white is one of their primary two colors. Mm-hmm. And this is the team that is white and their other main color is black. Yeah. Bad. Just awful. Yeah. I mean the Yankees and the Tigers are bad enough with with the white and the and the blue. Mm-hmm. The dark blue, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, how about how about those dog logos? Did you guys uh, between the two finalists? Did the one that you, did you did you love them hate them? How did so you... I so I actually voted for the other one. Okay, I voted for the one that won. Okay, um, why? Reasons? Um, I I like I legitimately liked them both. I thought that the so the one that won was actually the fan uh, submission. The one that the second one was an in house. Oh, was that logo really? by one of the one of the uh, uh, graphics okay. creative team members? You might actually know him because he used to work for the Cavs. Mark Podolak. Yes. Yeah, he was. I think he was the one that that designed the so uh, that submitted that with the runner-up one. Then yeah, I mm. I liked the runner-up one. I just thought that the um, I like I like it. Just felt tougher. I, I, I did always. I like the yeah. blacked out eye. I, it felt tougher. It felt kind of badass. Yeah. I didn't dislike the other one. I just. I, like I will say, if, if this was going to be a main logo for the team, there's no way they would have picked the fan no. uh, submission. I, and I agree with that. Um, but it's it's fine. Like I, We always, as a fan base, get way too worked up about logos, colors, and Jersey's. whatever because we don't have a logo, really. Yeah. Our logo is the helmet. Yeah, and I guess the el- they brought the elf back into main circulation, which I like. I do. I like. Brownie. I love that. I love brownie. I will say that brownie at midfield seems a bit much. Yeah, and especially because they made him so damn big. Yeah, <laughs> like, it is annoying. That thing is huge. I, I don't mind it. I didn't mind that at all, quite frankly. I kind of. In fact, I think a lot of NFL midfield logos are actually kind of diminutive compared to what they probably yeah. ought to be. Yeah. I I'll say this, and. Full disclosure, and I've said it on this podcast before, 
I very much am a traditionalist when it comes to logos and jerseys and designs and that sort of stuff. I think the NFL logo should be at midfield at every stadium. Do whatever you want in the end zones, but I think the midfield logo should be the NFL logo, but that's just me. That yeah. was the belief of Jerry Richardson before he was forced to sell the Panthers. Yeah. Because uh, I think other than the Jets and the Giants who share the stadium, the Panthers were the only team that had the NFL logo at midfield. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I think I think every NFL field should have some element of uniformity, and I think the NFL logo being at midfield uh, would be that. Like I said, do whatever you want in the end zones. I don't care, Cleveland Browns uh, dog logo, whatever. Yeah, well, but we, we talked about this just the other day when we were golfing. It's like at the end of the day, this is just off season distraction stuff. Yeah, it's just you know what I really like. You could the the logo could be a freaking donut for all i care just win games yeah just <laughs> play good football win yeah. games at the end of the day it, it, i don't give a right. damn what the logo is nobody would care <laughs> about the dog logo if the browns had a history of winning over right. the last 20 years yeah. the you fact know? is we don't right so we need something <laughs> to distract us yeah and i'll tell you what the browns do a damn good job of distracting us. I, I mean we've changed uniform in the last decade the browns have changed uniforms twice uh, how many times have they changed the the field design? Almost every year they have a, they have a different field design. It feels like every offseason we're doing some version. White of this face mask, gray face mask, brown face mask. You know, uh, bring back the orange jerseys. Right? Or, or, oh God, never, yeah. ever, never, <laughs> or, never. You know, it's like there's always some. And you know what though? As a fan base, we eat this crap up. I know. We, every year we do this. Listen, <laughs> I know we're not called the Browns because of a color. But we're the Cleveland Browns. Our jersey should not be orange. <laughs> I understand orange is one of our main colors, but keep it on the helmet. We don't need it on the jersey. Right. I mean, yeah. I. You pro or uh, uh, anti white helmet? If they're gonna do it for a game, I'm fine yeah. with it. Um, which I think they're going to do. I think they are this year. They did. They did in one point in their history wear white helmets. Yeah. So I just, I just don't it's like, a it's a historical thing. I don't mind the historical accuracy or inaccuracy. I just don't like the, with our modern jerseys. I just don't like the, all the mock-ups. I've never really liked the way they look. The white helmet. Yeah, I just I don't know why. I'm our uniforms are though back to being a historic Browns yeah. looking uniform. I what do you think? White helmets. Would it I'm would it kinda, be would it be white helmets I'm, still with the helmet stripe or are they just like Penn State like. All white. I'd probably prefer. Well, Penn State does have a blue stripe on their helmet. Yeah, they do. I'd probably prefer just straight all white. And yeah, I think so too. No, because you wouldn't want to invert it and do like a brown and orange stripe down the middle. That would look kind of weird. Or if you just did, if you just did like, uh, like two brown stripes and one and and white in the middle, like they do nor on the normal orange helmet. Maybe. I could maybe see – you know how I guess I could get on board with – if we did a white helmet with uh, either in orange or brown, the number on the side kind of like Bama does with theirs. I, I don't yeah. hate – I don't want to put anything we did do on that. the helmet. We did do that in uh, a couple a times number. in 2007. Yeah. I don't hate the numbers the number on the helmet. up there. But, yeah. like, if we put a dog or an elf on the helmet, no, no, no. I'm out. I'm yeah, out. we're I'm to the, the we're to the point now where it's too iconic of a helmet. You know, there are there are people out there who are who live in this city and are not Browns fans, <clears throat> Taco Paul, um, who hey bud, who have always said put a logo on the Browns no. helmet. No. It does it could be the coolest looking logo ever. If you at this point if you slap it on that helmet it's going to look like crap. Yeah. It needs to be a plain helmet. And this isn't because like the helmet is iconic because the team wins all the time. It's just 
I've grown up with I've I've watched this team uh sans a three year hiatus for I'm thirty six. I was I was as far back as ninety four I can remember. So twenty nine years I've watched this team with no logo on the helmet. You put a logo on the helmet now, it's gonna look terrible. At least for me. Like I said, maybe a number. I don't mind the old number. Yeah, work. I can. I, numbers okay. Like the Alabama, a la Alabama style. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We've gone off down down a rabbit hole. That <laughs> was right. entirely my fault. That's okay. <laughs> we no, should have talked about the Guardians. Hey, this is this is <laughs> Cleveland. We talk colors. We talk yeah. uniforms. We talk names all the time. Well, to answer God, the let's answer. not talk about the Guardians' name. Well, like, remember answer. when we did that for six oh, months for a hot minute? Yeah. To answer Dan's question, which was actually directed at me. Yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> My fault. <laughs> you know, the Browns, their colors, their helmets, jerseys, coach, you know, this team's been around since 1946. It's got a certain amount of, you know, history attached to it. You can't just, you know, do wholesale change and everything. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I'm for doing stuff like white helmets, you know, orange, brown, whatever have you, you know. My alma mater is Bowling Green, which has yeah. the exact same color scheme as the Cleveland Browns, and they've done every combination, pants, uniforms, and helmet imaginable, including all white Stormtrooper, all orange Pumpkin, and all hmm. brown Turd. You know they've they've done <laughs> they've done it all. So I like, it's, <laughs> I like the I like the names for the the Stormtroopers, the Pumpkins, and the Turds. That's, Stormtrooper that's, yeah. looks, what, actually looks what, pretty amazing. That actually that could probably get me on board for a white helmet. Just uh, straight white all the way down with some orange or brown accent. <laughs> Quick update on my uh, nerfy bet. Fernando Tatis hit a leadoff home run. For <laughs> you stay classy, By the way, I didn't know. When did he come back? Uh, the beginning of this year, I think. Didn't he have a? Didn't he get suspended? That was last year. Really? Yeah. Man, I'm off. It shows how much I've been paying. <laughs> Jeez Louise. There's five bucks down the By tube. The way, speaking of jerseys I do like, mm-hmm. Padres, they're alternates. Spectacular. Uh, the, brown, the, the camouflage, the brown, the, the brown ones. Those and the um, like the party ones from last year. Party ones. The it's like it almost looks kind of like Miami. It's like bright colors on a white base. Um, oh. I, don't know. I think I'll, I know I'll, the one you're talking about. I'll pull up a photo. Um, yeah, it it's like San Diego's version of Miami Vice. It, it feels kind of like Miami Vice. Hmm. Yeah. You stay classy, San Diego. Why did I? Why did I do that? Means a whale's vagina. All right, I think I think I need to go on another self-imposed break too. When I was getting my ass kicked on Nerfies, I took like a. Oh yeah, I don't like that. No, no. Oh, I love them. Um, again, I'm traditionalist. I'm simple. I'm with all yeah. my stuff. Uh, Fair enough. Why do I keep doing that? Son <laughs> of a bitch. Aaron Savali was on the bump too. You knew he was going to get shelled. Our pitching staff is so strange. The worst two, the worst two betting a nerfy and losing is when at the end of the first inning the score is one nothing. Yeah. Like like last night, the Padres threw up a four spot in the first inning. Okay, fine, you kicked our ass. I had no chance. Yeah. But giving up one run and it being a leadoff solo home run and then yeah. and then shutting them down the rest of the inning. Come on. Upsetting. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going on a self-imposed break. No there more. No more the rest of the week. Shut it down. Shut mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I need I need John Taffer to come in here and shut me down. <laughs> yeah, speaking of John Taffer and the people of Las Vegas, they are on cloud nine right oh, now. Oh yeah, you know those the... long suffering fans 
a whole six years of existence, and they get to hoist the trophy. <laughs> Boy, I'm so happy for you guys. It's been a long road. That is crazy. I'm not bitter, am I? No. My mom, my uh, mom's uh, former boss, Kerry Boobles, hoisting the Stanley Cup last night. You know, we won a championship, and <laughs> it w- our drought is longer than the Vegas Knights was. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because we're By coming up year. on we're coming up on seven years. You're wearing the shirt right now. We're coming up on seven That's years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. June nineteenth, twenty sixteen. We won you, the title. Twenty sixteen. Where were you all at? What were you doing? Uh, I was like, I was I was in my uh I was in my parents' living room. Uh me and my brothers were jumping up on my dad. I was in my apartment alone <laughs> in New Hampshire because Oh, there you go. Everybody around me was a bunch of Boston fans and they were all rooting for my demise that I couldn't oh, possibly bear to watch game 7 yeah. surrounded by Celtics fans. Dude, I So was I barricaded myself absolutely in my apartment alone. Bawled my eyes out. <laughs> oh, I literally Oh my god. I, it, and look, then and then we started taking fireball shots. Yeah, when that game ended, I screamed out loud, <laughs> mm-hmm. I cried and I called my dad in that order. Yeah, my my. I was running a dorm at the time at a small university in New Hampshire, and I students were like outside of my. They could hear me in my apartment, which was in the building, and and they were like, "Is he okay?" And my parents were like, "He'll be fine. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's having a moment. He's, he'll, he'll be all right." Yeah, I. Uh, you have a really cool story, but just to finish mine, I was. Uh, we were watching the game in my parents' living room. Uh, me and my dad got into a shouting match at halftime because my. <laughs> okay, listen. <clears throat> you know you'll laugh at this because you know uh my dad was born the year of the cleveland's last championship 1964 okay my dad is <clears throat> very much a pessimist when it comes to cleveland sports the the first scent of something going wrong it's over so in that game the Cavs were down by eight points at halftime. Eight, I think. I think we were down by eight at halftime. Because uh, I think seven or eight. Because I think yeah. uh, J.R. Smith went on an eight zero run to start the second half by himself and tied we the game. Down all night. So my dad at halftime is like, "It's over. Uh, we might as well just like pack it in. Like you guys should just go home. You got work tomorrow. Let's just." <laughs> and I just started yelling. I'm like, "Dad, it's game seven. Like anything can happen. We yeah. just got we got a little legit shouting match. Or I had to leave the room." <laughs> And then we came back. Jr. had the eight zero run by himself to get us back in the game. Kyrie hit a bunch of you know wizardry shots, and then everything that happened, we won. And uh, we just, we just, me and my brothers just literally jumped on my dad on the couch and just like, you know, just mosh pit style. And then I left the room and I went, uh, I went to my parents' uh, staircase to go upstairs. And I was just bawling my eyes out, yeah, like a freaking baby, man. And it was fantastic. And then we just started taking fireball shots after <laughs> while we were watching the trophy presentation and everything. Wow. You have a really cool story, though. Yeah, so I was at the watch party, which the arena was in the process of being set up for the Republican National Convention. They had already set up a big portion of the stage in the, the lower section. But um, be that as it may, the, I'm there, my brother's there, my mom and dad are there. My mom at this point had been with the team since 19... 19- 86. Wow. So she was going on her 30th year, you know. And so when when Kyrie hits the shot to take the lead, the whole place goes nuts, obviously. Then we get a defensive stop on the next possession, Kevin Love against Stephen Curry. And then there's a timeout after Kyrie comes down the floor and he thought about laying it up, didn't, but then passed it out. And then at the time I was called, it was during that timeout that not even so much the Kyrie shot. I feel like 
the vibe in the arena was like, okay, we're up ahead, we're ahead now, but Golden State's probably coming yeah. down. They're probably going to answer. Right. It was like they, I was like, okay, how they, how can we still choke this when away? When they didn't answer, yeah. All of a sudden, and we had the ball timeout ball up three with less than thirty seconds left. It was at that moment the whole arena just kind of came to. It was just a, a surreal noise, like a almost sighing with. Was it after LeBron hit that free throw? Noise. Well, I think after that, people almost. I don't want to say it was in the bag, but you felt like, okay, yeah. By the way, we have this. By the way, but it was that would have been the greatest dunk in NFL history. NBA history. You remember what I'm talking? NBA. What did I say? NFL. NBA history. I would love to see an NFL dunk. No, which which one are you talking about? So, oh, so uh, Kyrie brings it up and. it's funny because like uh Jeff Jeff Van Gundy is like Kyrie has the ball and he's like going quick and Jeff Van Gundy's like like they need to be wasting they clock. Their offense early. they don't want to like start their offense early to give the give the Warriors a chance. It was one where LeBron uh the defense collapsed on Kyrie. LeBron then runs down the lane. Kyrie gives him the pass and he's going up for a tomahawk that he would have dunked right in Draymond's face. But Draymond did the smart thing. He didn't go for the ball. He fouled LeBron and made him make him uh, earn it from the free throw line, but that would have been the greatest dunk yeah. in NFL. And I did it again. Yeah. I mean, NBA history. I mean, his head was about 13 feet up. Yeah. Yeah. He was looking there, down at the he rim. Literally gets pushed over, yeah. and he out fouled. That was that was where, that was where he was like uh, he was uh, he hurt his wrist. Yes. And uh, and then he missed the first free throw. I'm like, oh my god. After he <laughs> fell, you could hear a pin drop in the arena. I believe. Yeah. There's like. I believe it. Oh my God! Well, what's the one way we could possibly get screwed out of this? Yeah. Oh, LeBron yeah. Can you imagine, like, like LeBron gets like, hurt, uh, the Warriors somehow tie the game, and we have to play overtime, overtime without, without LeBron. LeBron. It would have been But no, you you mentioned it by the way. I think one of my favorite parts that's often overlooked about that whole the last like two minute segment is Kevin Love's defense on Curry. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. you wouldn't look at Kevin Love and think like he's a guy who could put the clamps on somebody like Curry, and he did everything he needed to do and by the way they came up short but kudos to my boy kevin love in, in, in the miami heat by the way i, I wasn't the rooting the, for the heat but i was finals. i was excited to see kevin like yeah I, I didn't love how that relationship ended and as much as i don't like the heat i'm glad for him that he was able to contribute on a team that Played sure. a hell of a lot further than the Cavs did. <laughs> I was on the record back in April. Actually, it was even before that, but definitely in April. Say I did not like that decision to just let Kevin Love walk. It was no, I didn't. And it was a move that looked worse and worse as the series with the Knicks went on. Yeah, like, I mean, we have Kevin Love that series. We're not coming back and winning. It's not like we lost to the Knicks in seven. We got blasted by the Knicks. Yeah, right. we lost in five. Kevin Love was not the difference, he but was, fair yeah. enough. He could have helped. Yeah. It would have prolonged. I mean, for a God's sake, a little bit of veteran leadership. For I God's mean, one of LeBron, one of LeBron. Yeah. I can't talk today. <laughs> one of Kevin Love's biggest attributes as a player, going back to his days at UCLA, was his ability to rebound. Yeah, and that was right. the thing that that killed us in that series. Couldn't but, rebound worth a darn. No, not yeah. The whole stink. Thanks a lot, Jared. Game Allen. one, game four. It was like the same end game sequence in in both games. Yeah, you know, Cavs get. Cause a miss, but then the Knicks get rebound. Well, and it was like two and three de- different times. Defense times. and rebounding, two of the things that like you look at Jared Allen and Evan Mobley and all these other guys for, yeah. and it just they disappeared. It was, yeah, that was yeah, that was rough. Yeah, but um, 
Yeah. yeah. So that was a quick. That was a cool uh, trip down memory lane there. Yeah. I we are. We, this is the week of. This will be the God, seven years already. Mike. Ryan, you you played Ocarina of Time, right? Oh yes. Yeah. So literally on Cavs Championship Day, Link enters the Temple of Time. He's coming out on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Seven That's, years. Yeah. Raru is waking him up, and he and Navi are walking out that door. <sighs> God, what a callback! That Ocarina the, of Time. By the way, not to go on another tangent. Greatest Zelda game of all time, right? Probably. My brother just got – what's the new one called? Tears of the Kingdom. Thank you. I, I have heard that that game is going is supposedly great. So my brother has it. He has loved it so far. The Switch? I, I, I have a Switch as well, and I'm probably going to get it. Um, but uh, so far, so good. My brother has very much enjoyed it. What do you? What What is your opinion? I, I, I We've talked about this a hundred times. The but ga- I can... Of the games I've played, I have Ocarina of Time first, Twilight Princess yeah. second, and Majora's Mask third. Ooh, Twilight Princess second. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, see, I you and not, I you and I will always fight about that. I didn't like Majora's Mask. You did not. You did no. not like it at all. No. I think Link to the Past is is up there with Ocarina of Time. That game was a fabulous game. Yeah. But nothing's – I mean, nothing will top Ocarina of Time. No. For me. I just – When did that come out? Oh, we were in sixth grade. Nineteen oh, November 1998. 98. Yeah. Yeah, we're coming up on the 20th. Me, him, and our buddy and our buddy Matt Matt Steigerwald. Shout out, Matt. Uh, we actually raced to see who could finish that game first. <laughs> nice. Steve kicked our ass. Yeah. <laughs> I well, been. I needed a late comeback because Matt was actually – you were leading for a while, and then – One I, of us – was it was it Matt who had the – you remember the old school, like, N64 games and PlayStation games where you could buy, like, the, the game magazine oh, that would yeah. tell you how to I beat lo- it? Yeah, I love those things. I think one of us had – I think Matt might have had that. I didn't have that. Well, I, tr- I tried not to use those, but there would be some yeah. games where I just would be like, I, I got stuck. Yeah, I that, got I, I got stuck in one of the temples where I just could not get out of it. Water Temple. Yes. Because you were in the lead up until that point. I don't and, know how you Matt, remember this stuff. <laughs> oh, this I'll remember insane. that because the fact you bring up the game guide, that explains why Matt was able to get by that temple and get – because I knew he, it. He was first to get to the Shadow Temple and the Spirit Temple, but he gacked it in the late going. <laughs> so, you know, could – Oh man, nice. We are just, just all over the place. The I love it. God, I yeah, talk about. Nice. I could talk about Zelda for another hour. <laughs> I, I feel like I have to go get the new game. It's like it's summer, so like I want to be outside and do things. But now I'm like, yeah, yeah I could sink a couple hours into Zelda. Yeah. Any day that, you know, a day <laughs> a that's like day. Uh, that. What was it? Uh, was it Monday or was yeah. it Sunday or Monday? When did we get all that rain? It was the Sunday first time night into Monday. Yeah. It was when we basically started the the last. Three weeks, we were basically in Gerudo Valley, and then somebody decided to play the Song of Storms finally, and unleashed a deluge of water on us. We needed. So it. Yeah, yeah, we did. We Everything did. was turning yellow, turning brown, and it's a lot greener out there today. Yeah, if you're looking around. Oh yes, and I think we're. I gotta double check the weather, but I think we're gonna get more later this week. Looking more like Hyrule Field now. Tomorrow, today, I think. Today was yeah. Today was pretty nice. Um, I think tomorrow there's like a 60% chance. I played. Uh, oh, I don't want to hear that. I got I, golf tomorrow. Ooh. I was going to say, you may be in trouble because I feel like there's rain. Uh, Speaking of which, well, uh, it'll, anyway. it'll, it'll be 60% it, chance of rain and storms tomorrow. But okay. it doesn't look like it kicks in till late, though. Well, he golfs in, in the evening. That would be between 5 and 8.30. You are much. in trouble because that is when it starts. <laughs> okay. <Good laughs> well, we'll know. see. Maybe, maybe you won't get it down in Brunswick. But anyway, you're at Casa Creek, yeah. right? Yes. But anyway, segue, golf. Yes. This is a huge week for golf. Well, before that, 
we've got a new golf fanatic here. Steve and I fanatic have golfed. Right. Hi, my name's Ryan, have, and I have a I problem. Have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Steve and I have golfed for probably better parts of 20 years of our lives. I got about three months in me. <laughs> and well, listen, I'll tell you what. We golfed yesterday, and you're doing a hell of a job with only golfing for three months. Because I you that. hit a couple shots yesterday. I mean, you bailed me out. Yeah, uh, for sure. I definitely have plenty of ugly. There's, don't get me wrong, but well, I, we all do. Yeah, we we Steve's, we, we Steve's played the really only good one. complimentary scramble golf yesterday. Yeah. We we had plenty of ugly on our own, but we did a pretty decent job of offsetting it. When I yeah. when I ate crap, you would bail me out, and and sometimes yeah. vice versa. Steve's the one out of the three of us who has cons- uh, because he's in a league. He's consistently played at least once a week for how many years in a row now during the golf season? Yeah. And I've noticed, and I've noticed because you know what's interesting is, a lot of people during the pandemic golfed more. Yes, I somehow golfed less. Hmm. My game last year was in utter shambles. Like I, when I was in my consistent golf days, I would probably be mid to high eighties consistently on eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, I was struggling to break a hundred. I had completely fallen off. I've gotten better, and and I've I've been playing mo- way more consistently to start this season. And I can tell, man, if you play consistently, you're automatically your game is going to be better. That's that's seems to be the name of the game from yeah. everybody I've talked to. So I I got myself some lessons. Uh, shout out Joe at Golf Tech, my guy. I'm actually going to see him tomorrow um, because. I was like, if I'm going to do this thing, I'd, I'd rather spend a little bit of money up front. Don't get me wrong. It's not golf is – golf can be as expensive as you want it to be. It, oh, it, yeah. is, it is not a cheap endeavor, I admit. Yeah. But I was like, I'd rather spend a little bit of money up front and have somebody help me develop some good swing habits rather than try to figure it out myself, be terrible, mm-hmm. get like develop muscle memory with a bunch of crap, and then, have, and then go see a coach and try to have him fix it. So I was like, yeah. whatever. So I got myself a reasonable set of clubs, and I got some lessons. And so far, it's been – uh, you know, so far so good. I'd say. I mean, my problem is I get very frustrated. Like if I, I go in with humble, like modest expectations. Right. Where I run into trouble is like when I when I kind of think I've fixed a problem and I'm like, oh, cool, I got that down now. Yeah. And well, then when I backtrack, what? then well, I get irritated. Well, guess what? Yeah. I don't care how many lessons you take. Welcome that's going to be the rest of your, your life. That's going to be yeah, the rest no, yeah, of your life. Yeah, no, that's that's what I'm gathering pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but all you need, you talk to anybody who golfs, all you need is one or two shots. Yeah. You, you could be having a horrendous day out. Yeah, And if you, absolutely. Just, you just pipe one, you're like, no, nah, I'm cool. I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, we went out yesterday, and Steve knows very well Royal Crest. We grew up playing that course. Number one is about as straightforward as you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a 300 and... What is it like? Three hundred and forty yard par four. Yeah, just literally as straight as can be. There's not much involved in it. It's it's pretty wide open too. Tour players would be driving the green. But hey, yeah, hey, we birdied it. We did. We birdied one. Yeah. So I put up about a hundred. We used Ryan's drive, and I put about a hundred twenty yard approach shot about four and a half feet, that four and a half five feet to the, from the hole. Back to back spectacular because I'm usually pretty rough off the tee box yeah i mean you may have hit two drives on that hole but who's counting i mean you know a little brecky ball (laughs) but it gets a little one you know i feel like i don't know what it is it's like i i've i hate i've learned on the courses i've been to where they have a little driving range if i can go hit 10 15 balls first 
I just I love that 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 I I need that I've clearly learned that about myself in the short time with this game, but um, yeah that 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 drive the second one felt good and then your approach shot was spectacular and we yeah then we hit the putt today I actually speaking of driving the green it was a par three but it was a long par three I drove the green for the first time in my short career that was exciting yeah um, I uh, I I'm just like a lot of people, just so wildly inconsistent. Yeah, I'll I'll hit some nukes and then I'll also dribble it off the tee box thirty feet like a <laughs> moron, and it's just it's so irritating. All right, well but, let's get to yeah. but the pros. Let's get to the pros, and you actually, uh, if you want to explain, you have a pretty oh yeah interesting uh, little thing that you've got going on with this weekend. Uh, tell us about how you're setting your draft lineup based on the U.S. Open. Listen Correct. to this, Steve. Yeah, so my uh, fantasy football league, every summer we pick the way, a different thing. We need to do this. Yeah. So, uh, not, maybe not this, but something like this. Yeah, I, I love it. It's, so it's uh, shout-out to my buddy Jeremy because it was his idea several years ago. I think we it was like a World Cup or Women's World Cup. I forget when we started doing this, but I've been in this fantasy league for a couple years. Fantasy football, that is. And we set our draft lineup based off of um, – you know, whatever sporting event we're talking about. So we were all – we took the top 24 golfers because it's a 12-man fantasy league. Took the top 24 golfers we were all randomly assigned to, and we're going to watch, you know, and we're, we're going to set our draft order based off of these performances. So um, my – who do I have? I, I have – so I'm rooting for uh, Xander Shoffley. Yep. And Rory McIlroy. So that's who I need to show up. Rory's show a good up. pick. Yeah. Shoffley is going to be in the mix, but he I, you know he hasn't won he ha, Xander Shoffley hasn't won a major yet, has he? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not he's, that I'm aware of. I feel like But he's, he's always in the mix. He's always a name you hear of, like top fifteen, top twenties. Like, yeah. He's always he's always flirting with it, but yeah. I, I have no confidence. My other so He is a he is definitely a guy that I root for though. Yeah. I, I like Xander. Yeah. My but so I was going through like of all the different this one, like, this is like a subsection of the, the, the whole league in this one group chat. My one buddy, Drew, has the best pair, I think. He's got Jason Day and John Rahm. Um, yeah, I mean, anybody that's got John Rahm is going yeah. to have a good shot. And then I forget who has Brooks Kepka, but Brooks is, you know, he's been on fire, and I, I would imagine that he's going to play very well. My other buddy has Justin Thomas and Colin uh, Morikawa. Yeah. And, have uh, you watched Full Swing, by the way? I have not. The golf documentary on Netflix? No. Watch it. Okay. I mean, to see the behind the scenes, not only lifestyle, but you, you see like what these guys go through. Um, like they do a lot of the document uh documentary, uh the Brooks portion of it is him coming back from his, his injury. Okay. Um and uh, you see, you just get to see like the lives that these guys live, and the way that you know they're they're flying on private jets these tournaments, and it's just the amount of money that these guys make is just—it's oh, unreal. Stupid. Unreal. Well, and it's like, and it's not even just the purses; it's all their sponsors. Yeah. Ima- imagine, oh yeah. Imagine never paying Listen. for another club or ball or greens yeah. fee or cart or you don't pay for anything. He's the ever. Listen, he's the greatest golfer or second greatest golfer, depending on whether you think him or ja- you know him or Jack Nicholas one or two. Tiger's worth eight hundred million dollars yeah. for playing golf. Yeah, and he could think about what if he doubled that if he had uh, right. flipped it. <laughs> if he had taken live up on the on their offer. Well, not only that, those but like the, if, those if, if he didn't get chased out of his house by his wife wielding a nine iron trying well, to beat, know, trying to kill him I also, don't because be he addict. cheated on him with yeah. twenty seven <laughs> porn stars. You know, sex addiction is probably not great for the home life. Um, yeah, but- <laughs> 
So what? The first twenty six were kind of okay, but the twenty seventh was like. That's where she drew the line. Wow, she never found out about it until that one night where. Um, no. I, so yeah. by the way, so the reason why I, met, I brought that up, supposedly I saw on Twitter that they were filming. I don't know who they were filming. Oh. They were filming when the news broke of this live PGA merger, which Steve and I talked about last week. Yep. And I cannot wait oh, to see that. It's going to be some juicy. It'll yeah. be great. It's going to be great. I, I can't imagine. I don't know you guys have talked about it already, but like I cannot imagine being one of the guys who like stayed true to the PGA and turned down that money. Oh yeah. To just Listen, end up merging with them later. Oh. I'm I'm all f- I'm all for having morals and all that sort of stuff. But what this has taught me is that pretty much, I mean, obviously there's some outliers. Like I'm probably not going to take a large sum of money from Putin. Yeah, I mean, probably not going to take it from the Taliban. That Saudi money is a little sketch. It's a little admit. dirty, but <laughs> now that I've seen these guys take it, like Brooks and uh, who else took it? Uh, uh, DeShambo. Yeah. Um, Phil Mickelson. God, Phil Mickelson is. He got two hundred fifty million dollars from these people. And is now going to be playing on he's the back. same tournament. Like it, 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 it's back. back. They're all back. He's back on the tour. They're all yeah. back. It's insane. Yeah. Like and and Liv is going to continue their team play. Yeah, but it's going to be in this new tour. Like, It'll be like different. Liv, yeah. Liv is Liv is effectively dead. It's they're yeah, which is funny. It's essentially they're, they're trying to spin it like they're not, but it is. They're dead. Yeah. yeah. Greg it's, Norman's it, out of a job. No matter yeah. what he says. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The Saudi fund essentially owns this new league, basically. Yeah. yeah. So there's no there's no reason to still have live. It's just they haven't said what they're going to name it yet. I it's going to be weird not having the PGA the official PGA tour around anymore. But yeah, yeah. it's just it, it goes. It's like how can how, how can you look at this situation and from now on not tell anybody to just take the money that's the lesson of this if yeah. somebody throws a whole bunch of money in your face just take it because there's no loyalty today no it's just no you, you you gotta you know it, and again it's some of the bad listen, message but it's like you gotta again, you I, gotta take it for yourself i feel bad for rory but i don't like the dude is worth 300 million dollars yeah, right it's, it's not like he's gonna go wanting he's, i'm talking he's, for like any of us i'm yeah, not feeling right? sorry for tiger either no oh well, yeah tiger whatever they'll be all right. I'm, I, I'm talking about like any of us who yeah. are literally fighting just to make it through life yeah. financially it's like if somebody's going to offer us a hundred million dollars like oh yeah, yeah i'm Bye. taking it and you're not going to see me for a year because yeah. i'm going to be in a villa in italy <laughs> yeah exactly a hundred well, million dollars i had a that I, could buy you a lot in ruckus ikura couldn't it yeah, I, I am very. Well, very, I'd very spend some time. Milan. I'd spend some time in La Roque, but I would be in. I would be in Milano. I would be in Tuscany. I'd be in uh, Venice. I'd be. I'd be all over. Yeah, you know. Uh, but yeah. yeah, and then I, you know, I'd be over here, and I'd, I'd have a house in Florida. I'd have a house in Arizona. I'd. Oh my God, it's one of my life dreams is to be able to spend a big amount of time golfing in arizona yeah hmm. but yeah just that's that stuff remember is just, tpc scottsdale hell yeah yeah 17 baby that oh, wait no that's not scottsdale 16. what's the island green oh oh that's, that's sawgrass a, that's yeah. sawgrass yeah yes. yeah that's right i thought you were talking about the uh, stadium hole 
at Scottsdale. Stadium hole. 16. That the waste management. Oh, yes. Oh, God. By the way, that's a whole. That's another thing I want to go to. I want to go to the waste management and and, uh, get there at like five in the morning and just sit, just get good seats for the 16th and just just camp out there. Just get party. Just get wrecked by like 10 (laughs) a.m. Just just for the just bake in the sun and just watch. Have you ever been to a pro like a pro golf uh, event? Steve and I went to. Was it the last year of the. The uh, at Firestone, yeah, I think it was the, the last w- the year they had the. the was the, I've been there twice. Once was one of the years that Tiger won it back in the early two thousands, yeah. and then again, I want it was either like twenty seventeen yeah. or twenty eighteen. I think it was the last year you and I went. The WGC um, ended up moving to Memphis. It's now the WGC St Jude Classic. Mm, yeah, okay, jerks. No. <laughs> that was literally Tiger's uh, personal ATM. Was that course? I don't yeah. think how many for times a minute he... the fact that he's not really involved in the tour anymore was a big reason why they moved that tournament. Yeah, how many times did he win that tournament? Like five or six times? Oh, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never been in anything here in Ohio, but I did when I was up up in New England. I went um I saw in uh the Bostonish area the Deutsche Bank championship. <laughs> You're um, a Deutsche Bank. Yeah. Deutsch. Uh <laughs> Yeah. And that was fun. That was the land of like the fourteen dollar Mick Ultras. It's and, oh yeah. Uh, it, it's just like yeah. It was wild. You see it on TV and it, it was, sounds and it looks different, but watching a PGA professional golfer hit a drive off the tee is like <laughs> mine doesn't sound like that. Yeah, right. You know, it's yeah. just like it's a sound that you've never been able to hear outside of at one of those tournaments. Just, like we had, was it? I think I think we. I don't remember what hole it was, but we were on the tee box for Phil driving mm-hmm. one time, and it's just disgusting how the ball comes off of that club and how it sounds compared to any of us. And the the amount of control that they have, yeah, you know, factoring in the weather, what time of day you? Well, heck, you you and I, you sent me a thing on Instagram the other day. It was a it was a little clip of Phil talking about. Just like things that goes through his mind when he's getting ready to hit a shot, and it's like the time of day and the weather, like not just wind, but also like you know temperature, rain, time of day, yada yada yada, all of these different things. What type of club to use, you know, and then and then what kind of spin are you putting on it? Where are you where are you shooting for? Yada yada. yada. All the level of detail, and I'm just like, yeah, I just want to make contact and not slice the hell out of it. I yeah. want to find my ball. That's that's yeah. a win. Like at this stage of the game, I want to find. I want to be in. I want to just find it. And speaking of which, the rough at the U.S. Open that oh. we, we always hear about is always just Holy. stupid high. Yeah. And I was watching videos of them dropping balls into some of the yes. uh, the green side rough, and it's like you can't even find the ball. Regular players would not be able to play on a course like LA Country no. Club the way it's set up this week because you would not be able to find the ball. I would in the rough. I would shoot a. 250. <laughs> if I tried to play that court, I, I'm not. I'm not kidding. I would shoot. Well, so at, at 250 at the PGA, who was it? Somebody was asked what a uh, what a scratch golfer would Some hit with a zero handicap. Summer, summer with a zero handicap would hit, or maybe it was 10 and under. They said 10 and under handicap. What somebody would hit at the uh, the PGA? Where was the PGA at this year? It was somewhere in New York. Uh, 
Um, well, anyway, uh, somebody somebody was asked that, and he's like, ah, uh, one thirty to one fifty. Yeah, like you're talking two, like double over par. Wow. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And Brooks Kepka made that that made that course his bitch. Yes, I I have no doubt in my mind if I try to play a course like that on top of losing oh my God. seven thousand balls. Yeah, I would I mean, shoot whatever par is quadruple <laughs> or multi, five exit at least. All right, so let's get into the actual <laughs> U.S. Open here. Before we do, just real quick, yeah. I will say that I once did get to play a course in the U.S. Open rotation. Two years ago, I got to play at Torrey Pines get out. in San Diego. And on a day where I felt like I didn't even really play my best. I a whale's sh- vagina. <laughs> I shot 96. Now, okay. granted, that course was not set up for a U.S. Open at the time. Right. So, and I was not playing from the tips. I was playing from the white tees. So... Yeah. If you account for those factors, I mean, maybe it drives it up to like, I don't know, 105, 110 maybe. I mean, that's Yeah. I'm I'm about a 10 handicap roughly, so See, that's awesome. I'm, I'm right around that that mark where um who is I forget the guy's name who was, who was talking about it. Yeah, I can't but, remember. But uh it's not outrageous to think of a course set up as championship level best having to play from the tips that it would be worth 20 25 shots like that. I believe it. It it could be. Yeah. Uh so let let's talk about the US Open here. The US, would you would you agree that the US Open is the most difficult of all the majors? Yes. The way that they trick up these courses. I mean, we 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 were just talking about the rough and yeah. then I I sent you a video yep. of the green uh, of the fairways. If you hit it was like if you hit right of center on the fairways on one of the holes, I can't remember which. I hole forget it which hole it was, but it was like we're talking fairway, and bounce, these balls bounce, were bounce. just see you later off to the side. It was like if you don't stick it in the middle of the fairway, you're off. It's gonna yeah. roll. These things are cut so precise. Yeah, and they are. Ju- it's gonna be. It's gonna be. There's gonna be some crazy scores. There's gonna be, and then of course some asshole is gonna hit like a. Oh yeah, he's gonna you know be nine under after so, day one. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he might be nine under after the first round. But he's not going to be nine under at the end. No, probably not. <laughs> and a lot of that's also going to have to do with. I mean, it is in L.A., so I'm assuming the weather's probably going to be nice the entire tournament. But yeah, uh, yeah. it'll be dry. Stuff's going to be. Rough. But anyway, uh, so yeah, you, you actually. So you said you have Rory and Shoffley. Yes. So you're you're actually looking pretty good as, as far as odds wise because yeah. you have the uh Rory is the fourth best odds and okay. Xander is the sixth best odds to win the tournament. That's higher for Xander than I would have given him credit for. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That's good to know. So Scotty Scheffler is plus 600 to win. Yep. Uh he's he's the odds on favorite. Mm-hmm. John Rahm is plus 900, Brooks Koepka plus 1100, Rory plus 1200. And again, if if you're if if you don't understand what the plus means, uh, if you bet Scott, if you bet a hundred dollars that Scotty Scheffler is going to win right now, uh, you will win uh, six hundred dollars. So, plus your hundred dollars back, so you'll be you'll be taking home seven hundred. Yeah. Um, For the record, the weather is actually not supposed to be all that good the first two days of this tournament. Oh, really? They're talking about rain, uh, mm. possible thunderstorms even on Friday. Um, highs only topping out in the lower seventies. It's actually oh. going to be warmer here. Okay. Weather's supposed to be much better by Saturday and Sunday, close okay. to 80 and sunny. So who do you guys like this weekend? So am I, are we talking about who might be the best bet or who I think is going to win? Well, third? I mean, we can talk value, but 
who at the end of the day do you think is going to yeah. give me your give me who you think is going to win and maybe a couple guys that you think could win and will be in the mix? I think it's really hard. Okay, so a couple guys that I think could be in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say – give you a couple of names here. I'm going to say Tony Finau. Ooh, I think, okay. I think he's one guy who could really make a run at it. I like, I like, um, I like Finau. He's, he's plus 3,300. He's, uh, uh, he's, he's featured prominently in that full swing documentary. Yeah. Tommy Fleetwood. Who Fleetwood, just, yeah. Um, got beat only on a 72-foot putt. Uh, oh, by the way, how, how sick was that? <laughs> And golf week at the RBC I, listen, Canadian Open. There are a lot of people who don't enjoy the game of golf who think it's boring and think watching it is boring. Did you see that crowd reaction on that seventy foot two seventy two foot putt? They they literally stormed the green. Yeah, I, that's <laughs> and I think that's the first Canadian to win that tournament in a long time, extremely yes. long time. Yes, yeah. That's like that's like the national tournament of Canada is it the Canadian is. Open. Yeah, they, as far as I'm aware, that's the only PGA Tour event in Canada. Yeah, um, there might have been ones previous, but that's the only so one. you Not like so you like Finau was... to win. Uh, no, I didn't say that. Okay, I was just, I was just <laughs> well, saying names. He's plus thirty three hundred. So he's plus thirty three hundred. He might be. You know, put Tommy, a cup, put a couple, uh, put a couple shackles on him. Tommy yeah. Fleetwood is plus five thousand. I think that's really disrespectful, given how he played last week. Yeah, he's. Pl- I'm you looking know? on Fanduel. He is plus five thousand. That that is shocking. Um, Bryson DeChambeau, who won this event in twenty twenty, he's plus forty five hundred. I mean. Yeah, he's, he's not in good form right now. But he's been nowhere near. He's not ah. anybody I have any faith in. But, like, I don't know. I mean, somebody who's that talented. I mean, you just look at – and then there is one guy who, you know, just out of – just from complete left field. You want to name who's somebody who's contended in this event in the past and may just come out of nowhere. Keegan Bradley. Okay. He's plus 12,000. Plus 12,000. Why not? You put 10 bucks on that and he wins, you win 1,200 bucks. I mean, yeah, that's – it might be worth just putting the ten bucks on. Might, yeah. But if I'm saying if I'm actually going with who I think is who's going win, to win the tournament, it's impossible for me to get away from Brooks Kapka. Wow, been, you think he's going to go he back to back? Absolutely, in the form of his life this season. I he won the PGA. I I really do think that it begins and ends with him. He's he's my odds on favorite. It's hard <laughs> okay. for me to get away from Brooks Kapka. Okay, and he's plus eleven hundred. Plus eleven hundred. So you put ten bucks on that, you're, and he wins. That's one hundred and ten bucks. That's not bad. Uh, Ryan, who do you think? Man. So, in terms of – I haven't really dug into, like, the the sports books in, in terms of value. In terms mm-hmm. of guys that I can see being up there, I think – I just sound like I'm going chalk here, but, like, John Rahm and Brooks Kepka are the two that I can't – the way that they're playing uh, in, yeah. in, in the way that – I mean, those are your two John major Rahm, winners so far. One. Yeah. He won the Masters. And Masters champion. Yep. I, I just I, – I think that I can't seem to get away from those two names. There are plenty of other guys yeah. that I know can make some noise. I know um, – uh, uh, you know, I, I'm always a Jason Day fan. I don't think he's got a real – I could see Jason Day being like a top 20 guy. He is uh, – I'll have to send you the link. He – there's a video. He has his own golf facility in Columbus. Really? It is sick. Did not know that. that oh, I cool. got to send you the video. It's it's on his property. That's interesting. Isn't he Australian? Yeah, but he's he uh uh he he lives in Columbus. His wife his wife is from Columbus. Oh, okay. and oh, they 
Yeah, they settled down there. He's actually he was at a ton of Cavs playoff games um, when we had LeBron the second time. I did not know that. Yeah. So, um, but he's he's a really good story because he's battled some debilitating back injuries uh, over the last handful of years. He was he was one of the guys that was you know set up to be one of the next big guys to make the this run and winning a ton of majors mm-hmm. um but he, he just had terrible back injuries uh over the last like half decade and he's just finally getting back to playing some really good golf um i can't be- did was that it did you have anybody else um, you're looking at i was gonna say um oh victor hovland oh i love vic I, so victor I like, hovland i like hovland i think he's somebody um, you know he's, who, he's also another guy that has a really great personality. Yes. The go- golf needs to do such a better job at marketing these players. Yep. Because there's and and full swing. I don't know if Victor Hovland's in full swing, but yeah, I, you got to watch. Since you're big into golf now, you've yep. got to watch full swing yep. on Netflix. It is awesome. Um, only other name that I could think of as a guy I'm rooting for. I don't think it's going to happen, but a top five, top ten you could flirt with is Colin. Um, I always pronounce it wrong. Morikawa. Morikawa. Yeah. yeah. Um, those are the names that come to mind. I'm going mostly chalk, though. How about Tanner Bibby? What about him? <laughs> Wait. Talking about name. names that you can't pronounce. Oh, yeah. I can't. Apparently, I can't say anybody's names. I am <laughs> struggling. You know who I don't think will play well? Spieth. Yeah, Spieth's been a bit of a head case he's, he's the last been, couple years. Yeah, he's been. He's got the he's got the uh, the viral moment of him uh hitting oh. his hitting his iron right on a par three <laughs> just hit a bleeping iron yeah he's like hit a fucking bl- good iron shot yeah. <laughs> he's like you know he like grabs he's like damn it yeah buddy i know the I, who hasn't been there okay i cannot believe this name has not been said yet and this is the guy that i'm picking to win he has not won a major yet this year but he dominated the tour last year scotty scheffler i think is winning this tournament okay mm. yeah he, I mean, he, I mean, you talk about chalk. He is the odds-on favorite. He has, yeah. he's at plus six hundred. Um, he's the only person. I just pulled it up. He's the only person with minus odds to be top ten. Like, there's that much confidence in him. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't think we're going to have a repeat major champion this year. So for me, I, I, I do think that these guys are going to be in the mix. Statistically, that makes sense. But I don't think yeah. Brooks or uh, Rom are going to win. I could very well see them being in the that. I could very well see them being in the top five when all is said and done. But I, I don't think either of them is going to win. It's a really good point. To, it's like statistically, yeah. the odds of there being repeats like that are less likely. Yeah. That more you know than than not. So I I agree. With but that, I think actually. I think Scotty is with a course that's be, that's playing this difficult. I like to go with the most consistent player that I can think of, and for mm-hmm. me, that's Scotty Scheffler. Scotty is a guy that doesn't get too high, get too low on the course. Yeah. And he just plays really good golf, and I think he's going to win. Um, come Sunday. There's a bunch of guys I'm rooting for, but nobody I have a ton sure. Of faith no, in. absolutely. Like, and and some of the other guys Homa I think going well. yes. Oh yeah. Um, my 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 paisano brother yeah. Max Homa. <laughs> I picked Max to win. Uh, I think it was the U.S. Open. That didn't that didn't fare well. But uh, yeah. <laughs> he's been he's been pretty good over the last uh, last couple of years. So yeah. I think he's definitely going to be in the mix. I'm always a, um, uh, always a Ricky Fowler fan. Despite Ricky's the, great. You know, yeah, Ricky's a cool guy. Uh, Cam Smith, I think, is going to is yeah. going to play well. Uh, he's an Aussie. He took the live money, but uh, I think he's going to play well. Um, 
trying to think if there's anybody else. I don't know. I'm just excited to watch major championship golf. Yeah. Um, when is when is that start? That's this that week. That's thir- Thursday. Thursday. Tomorrow. This Thursday. Oh yeah. My God, that's round great. one is tomorrow. So. I can't and uh, yeah, the U.S. the final round of the U.S. Open is always on Father's Day. Yeah. So that's a good. Uh, That'll be fun. That's a good thing to always remember. Now that you're big into golf. Oh yes. So, uh, by the way, any any uh, any big plans for for Father's Day? I know you're a dad, so you know. But uh, yeah, my Father's Day is hugely up in the air right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, I may be staying home or I may be traveling. Oh, okay. And I don't mean to be cryptic, but I I don't want to jinx it, so I don't want to. <laughs> say too much right now all right um suffice to say that i have been in training and i may i may be running a marathon on sunday whoa but i might not be because whoa he's been a little bit gimpy in recent days so it's just a matter of do i think it's well enough to go for it or not yeah can you tell us where or is that something you don't want to say it would be it would be in winnipeg oh canada Across the border. North of the border. So the reason for this is I was originally targeting races here, which would have been back in May. But because of, you know, injury and also the fact that I caught like two different diseases from the daycare (laughs) back in March and early April, I didn't really get to start training well until probably almost halfway through April. So with that the target became june and when you're looking at june you're looking at races on the very northern tier of the u.s and you know places like duluth minnesota and marquette michigan or up in canada and so winnipeg was the one that i kind of looked at and said okay it's father's day that would actually be kind of interesting competing on father's day um would this be your first first canadian marathon this would actually be well i was gonna say second but technically maybe third because i've run in toronto and I also ran in Detroit, and part of the course in Detroit went through Windsor. So, oh, um, <laughs> would you have to? Would you have to show them your passport halfway through the we race? We actually ran with them. Really, we were, we were going over Ambassador Bridge in, oh, into, into wow. Windsor. Wow, yes, it's, that's interesting. It, and I remember coming down through the tunnel on the other side of the Detroit River, about mile eight, and I actually handed it back off to a run at mile eight and in downtown. So that's it was, funny. Yeah, interesting. That was that was unique, actually, having to do that. Yeah. But uh yeah, so are uh are your parents still overseas? No, they came back uh, okay. last week. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So nice. But to to just quickly put a bow on this, this the course in Winnipeg starts at the University of Manitoba. It goes north into downtown and then out to the west toward Asabon Park, which is one of the largest urban parks in Canada. And then it comes back to the Red River, then basically back down to toward University of Manitoba where it finishes on the field at Ingress Investors Group Field, which is the home of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the CFL. So it's actually, cool. it's actually going to be a pretty awesome finish. I, I hope it. that works out. Interesting. I, you know, I had my second to last jog before was going to be the race today. Felt kind of decent during the run. The aftermath has been kind of, eh, it's swelling up a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, so. Mm-hmm. so when would you leave? I would be leaving on Friday. I would be driving to Toronto and then getting on a plane from Toronto to Winnipeg on oh, Saturday wow. morning. Interesting. And then coming back on Monday. The reason okay. I, I the reason I'd be driving to Toronto would be because the flight from Cleveland is like eleven hundred dollars, 
but it's actually the flight from Cleveland to Toronto that's the expensive one. Mm, got it. Oddly enough. Yep. So plus, if you're flying intra Canada, you can get on the discount car- carriers. Whereas if you're flying from the U.S., you pretty much have to go on Air Canada, and they're expensive. Yeah, so. yeah, that no, makes sense. But anyway, interesting. All right. Well, Ryan, um, I don't know if you're going to be that as that adventurous. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't. You pried it out of me. I wasn't even planning on. Talking I can't about get that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get that close. No. Uh, maybe golf, or uh, you know, there you go. I'm just gonna hang out. I'll, I'll be hanging out with my father-in-law and my dad. Um, we'll see. They're, I'm, I'm lucky they're both in the area, so yeah. we'll we'll cook out. We'll see both sides, both dads. Um, nothing crazy though. Going to be hopefully the weather doesn't suck. That's my only fear. Yeah, the weather doesn't seem to be great, uh, but fingers crossed. We have some nice weather. Cook out and yeah. I mean, we're still. I mean, what today's Wednesday. We're yeah, still we're Father's Day Sunday. We, I mean, we got time. you know, yeah. It, 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 the forecast is probably going to change three times before we get to Sunday. Yep. But uh, but yeah, for me, same thing pretty much. Just probably if the weather's nice, just cooking out, hanging out. Yep. Um, so uh, you know, I, cool. I, I as of now, I lied. The weather has shifted. It's Thursday, Friday, looking like rain See? and thunderstorms. But Saturday and Sunday are looking pretty clear. See, there you go. So, all right. Good well, news. I think that's gonna do it for us on this episode of LOTL. Thanks, Ryan, for jumping back Absolutely, on. Absolutely, man. Happy to be back. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, we'll see you back uh, a few times over the summer. The show. So, uh, yeah, so you can follow us on social media. At Stiffs McGee. At Daniel J. Ford. And are you back on social media? What's you your know, deal? I, What's going on? I, I, yeah, Dipping I'm, your toe in the water? I'm more of a Twitter lurker these days, there but I am back there. He's a Twitter uh, creeper. What, yeah, I really am. R underscore Donathan, uh, there if you, you want to come not watch me tweet. And uh, the, <laughs> the podcast is at the LOTL pod, uh, podcast uh, on all platforms. So, Uh, Thanks again for listening. This is episode 261. We appreciate you, and uh, we will see you guys next week. So, for Ryan, Steve, I'm Dan. This is Living Off the Land, and we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. Bye.